Welcome to The Great Traits. Now, here's your host, Gene Valaitis. And welcome to TheGreatTraits.com. I'm Gene Valaitis. Do we have a show for you today? It is incredible. Joining us is Debbie Muir. She's one of Canada's greatest coaches ever. Now, check this out. Over a 10-year period, Debbie's athletes won seven out of a possible nine world championship titles. Her athletes won two Olympic silver medals in the debut of their sport, synchronized swimming, back in the uh, 1984 Olympics. And how's this? Four years later, in 1988, they won two Olympic gold medals. What an accomplishment. But it doesn't stop there. Debbie was named by the Coaching Association of Canada as one of the top 10 all-time coaches in Canadian history, the only woman to receive this incredible distinction. Debbie, welcome to the GreatTraits.com podcast. Great to have you on the show today. Hey, Jean. It's uh, super fun to be here. I'm really excited about uh, sharing some some thoughts and ideas with you. It's going to be a great conversation. Yeah. Now, you and Canadian gold medalist Mark Tewksbury are the founders of thegreattraits.com and the High Performance Corporate Champions Program. Uh, The two of you also co-wrote the Great Traits of Champion book. So we're going to talk a lot about high performance and we're going to talk about the uh, Corporate Champions Program. Now, you know, when we talk about the book, the Great Traits of Champions, that led to thegreattraits.com, and which led to the High Performance Corporate Champions Program. Now, just by way of transparency, I took the program. I'm a graduate. I loved it so much. But, you know, what I'd like to talk about, first of all, before we even talk about the uh, Corporate Champions Program, uh, later we'll be interviewing Mark Tewksbury, and he's really going to put the meat on the bone and get into the nuts and the bolts of the program. I want to talk philosophy with you as the expert coach. Um, We hear this phrase a lot in athletics, and you've translated it into the corporate world, high performance, high performance. First of all, what does this phrase high performance mean to you, an award-winning coach? High performance is all about being the absolute best that you can be. It's this notion of always trying to be better at what you're doing than you were the other day before. And like in sport, that's so easy to see, right? So you see athletes coming up the pathway and they start to get some success And then they start to go out on the world stage. And that's where we talk about high performance. You're a high performance athlete when you're in that national stream, when you're in the international stream, when you are winning at the international level, that's high performance. And so we've just transferred that over to leadership where it's about being a high performing leader. And that means you get excited and you're driven by being a better leader tomorrow than you were today. And this whole notion of building on leadership skills and practicing and perfecting them to the point where you just keep growing and getting better and better and better as a leader. And that's basically what we mean by high performance. It's like being an Olympic champion of leadership. Okay, and you know what? You've taken me right into my next question. But where did you come up with the idea that you could train leaders in a corporate situation the way that you trained athletes to win gold medals? Uh, what, what was the connection there? 
Well, for a number of years, Mark and I would do um, what we would call interactive workshops and with a leadership focus. And they were kind of one-offs where you would do anywhere from 90 minutes to three hours and you'd never see the company again. One of the companies that we were doing, that we were working with, we got to sit in and listen. It was one of the big banks. A vice president of the bank was doing a talk on leadership. And she was talking about her qualities of great leaders and all of that. And one of the participants in the audience put up their hand and said, well, how do I do this? And she looked at him and she said, you practice. Like it was like, duh. And that was the moment for me where I went, duh. (laughs) I know about practicing. I know about skill building. Like this is exactly what we do with athletes. We take what we call an athlete development pathway. There's a set of skills that you do actually initially linearly because they all build on each other, right? Very fundamental, basic skills. Well, our book is 24 traits of great leaders. And each of those 24 traits has three skills. So we actually had right in front of us for seven years without even realizing it, a leadership development pathway. And that's how we created the Corporate Champions Program where you go linearly through, we guide you through all the skills and you practice and you perfect them just like an athlete, where an athlete might, a swimmer goes to the swimming pool and practices their skills and builds on them and gets better every day. It's the same thing with our program. You go to your work and we've told you what to work on, what skill we're going to work on this week. And you practice it and perfect it until it starts to become part of your way of being. Yeah. It's like a no-brainer, but it took like, I don't know, 20 years to figure it out. 20 years, you had the aha moment that you could take this from the pool, literally, and put it into the workplace. Yeah. Can you tell me a little bit more about the uh, about this development pathway and, and how you have taken coaching athletes and have used this to create high-performance corporate champions. Tell me the similarities and the differences about this whole development pathway and how it works in the program. Yeah, so because it is very clearly set out what the skills are, and we've done it like, so there's eight achiever traits in their skills, and then we move into leader, and then we move into legacy. We break it down just the way we would with an athlete. It would be like, okay, this week, We're going to work on ask yourself questions and expand your perspective per se. And we give each participant in the program an assignment and then they go into their workplace and they have to actually apply the assignment, self-reflect, write out what they learned about the assignment and how they might do it better the next time. And then the next week we give them another skill and then they build on that. So it's very, very purposeful. Some leaders, actually, they might innately be a great leader. Uh, They might actually work on these skills. In fact, most people think they do these traits and skills already. But when you don't break them down, purposefully practice them, reflect on them, see how you can do them better, you just kind of leave your performance as a leader to chance. And sometimes that might work out really well for you. And sometimes it might mean you do a pretty crummy job of leadership because you just didn't develop your skills enough. 
Right. Now, you know, when, when I was taking the course, it reminded me a lot of athletics, and that is uh, you coach, but then the student, me, I've got to do the work, and the work is in the form of an assignment, and then we take a look at it a little later on. I'm just curious, do you know of anybody else in the world that has this approach to high-performance leadership? I don't think so. Like, I have not heard of anybody that's actually done it, this sort of mapped over how we do it with athletes into the the leadership thing. I think it's very, very unique. It's kind of simple at heart, but it's kind of tricky to do. And it requires so much work by the participant. This is also why we want high performers. So people that have a growth mindset that want to keep getting better. And, and that's the same with elite athletes, right? Mm-hmm. They just want to keep getting better. They want to practice and perfect, and they do the work. And a lot of times in leadership programs, it's, oh, we're going to teach you some theory. You're going to read a few case studies, and then you're going to go away and know what to do. But it doesn't work like that. You know, an athlete doesn't read a book on good swimming technique and then hop over to the Olympics and they're a great swimmer. Mm-hmm. And and I haven't seen anybody narrow it down like that. I think the world is coming to this idea of it's really important to understand, like, we all need to learn how to lead ourselves. We have to learn how to lead others. And But anybody can do that if you have the drive and the will and you want to learn. We don't just, we shouldn't just leave leaders up to, um, oh, well, they're charismatic, they're a leader or whatever, right? We believe you can train people to be great leaders. I see. You know, here's what I found very, very interesting about the course and the similarities between uh, working in the corporate uh, environment and the athletic environment. You know, if you ever watch a championship golfer, you know, they'll tee off and they'll pull that little book out of their back pocket and they'll review what they've done. And if you watch a football coach going up and down the sidelines, they have massive notes and they carry a clipboard around with them. What I thought was unique about your program and really made it high performance and it tied in your method of coaching with the student who has to do the work is the playbook. Talk to me about the playbook. Oh, those playbooks, they were so fun to first of all create because it was, again, it was just like you say, you know, the coaches with their little notebooks and playbooks when they're coaching. And I have 27 years of boxes and boxes of my sport playbooks. It was like, wow, like we can give this practice book, like Basically, it's a playbook to our students and they can follow their progression and they can see, they can write their notes in the, in the playbook. It keeps it really, really simple. It's super easy to do, but we guide them and it gives them a place. One of the most important parts of becoming a great leader is the ability to honestly self-reflect on your own performance. And these playbooks give you that place to do that. And so over time, you can actually see as you use the playbooks, you can see how you grow and where you get better and what you did when. So it's such a great tool. It's going to go beyond just the 12 weeks of the program. This is kind of a lifelong thing that you can use forever. It's like your training. It's almost like a roadmap, really, when you think about it. Yeah. Well, listen, in sports, what happens when great talent is identified and how does applied leadership training come to fruition uh, using that athletic example into the corporate world with this great course? 
Well, uh, now in Canada and probably much of the world, we have some programs for identifying athletes as they come through, right? Because it's while you're developing your specific Olympic champions, you got to make sure that you're keeping the funnel of talent coming through so that as they retire, you've got new great performers coming through. So we have a program that's called kind of the next gen program. And just about every sport in Canada has a talent ID program where once you've identified athletes that clearly have propensity to be successful, sort of physically and mentally in whatever their sport is, and you usually identify them, who knows, it depends on the sport, but sometimes around 13, 14, sometimes 18 or whatever. Once in sport, once you get identified as a talented athlete, you then start to follow a very prescriptive athlete development plan to make sure that you're building the right fundamentals and basics and techniques at the right time so that the combination, when they all come together, you're able to go faster, go higher, whatever your sport is, right? So it's the same thing like in leadership. And we talk about succession planning and all that kind of stuff. But when you find a person in your organization or an employee that's showing great promise and you want to make sure that you develop them, this is when you want to start training your new and emerging leaders. And we teach them the fundamentals that will become their base for their entire all life and leadership career. Because the first part is like, and you have to start now. You can't go, there's Mikey over there and we've identified him as a, an emerging leader and we might want to promote him up the path or whatever. But that's the time when you want to make sure that you're training them with these fundamental leadership skills. And that's where our program comes in. What I really like about it is the language, not only the two words high performance, but when you start training somebody in this program on the corporate level, it's not just leadership. I love the fact that it's applied leadership, which means you're now taking people in the corporate world who we know are high performance. They could be a corporate champion. You're giving them applied leadership training. From what I can see and and from what I witnessed in my fantastic adventure through this course, you really take a coaching approach to training leaders. So how does that coaching approach work? Well, uh, it's exactly as you said earlier about the athlete does all the work, right? So that's what we're doing here. You've got a coach, facilitator or whatever, And we're going to train you. You're going to do all the work. We're going to guide you and all of that. But you're going to do the work and we're going to train you to be a great leader. And then what those leaders learn and as they evolve and they come out of the program and they become great leaders themselves, what they do, this is the ripple effect of it all, is they actually, with their own teams and their organization and whatever it is that they're leading, they actually then use a coaching approach to their leadership style. So it's this big ripple effect thing where we coach the new leaders, those leaders as they're in the workplace are actually leading others via the coaching approach. And those that have been led by a leader that uses the coaching approach 
is able to do that as they move through. It's a beautiful thing. (laughs) The coaching approach is where people do their own work, but it's guided. It's unique. It reinforces what works for other people. It's not about you imposing your style on anybody. It's very much, let's get the most potential out of every person that we're that we're working with and it's about them it's not about the coach right so it's inclusive it's kind of everything so it's a nice way to learn about leadership i just want to say about the applied part because that's what i think is kind of gold about our program is that you are actually doing it every day in your workplace or whatever environment it is that you're in, you're applying it. You're not reading about what somebody else has done in a certain circumstance or given a case study that says, now what would you do? You are doing it. And over time, the accumulation of that practice with some feedback from others and from yourself just is what keeps getting you better and better. Yeah. Now, I remember my very first day in class when I was uh, taking uh, the Great Traits program, and I remember you and I having a conversation, and I'm just paraphrasing it. I said something to you like, wow, I can't wait for this course is over so I can start using all this great material. This is going to be so exciting. And you said, no, 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 no. You have to start using this today. And the class got an assignment, and after the first week assignment was done, A, I was amazed at how much writing and how much thought and effort people put into the first assignment. But lo and behold, and and everybody in your class reads everybody's assignment, I couldn't get over how people had, here's that word, applied what they learned at first, used it in the workplace, and there were so many aha moments. It's not a let's wait till this is over and done with thing. This is like take the first lesson and go to your office and start using it. Start applying that training, right? Yeah. Exactly. And we just make it happen so that it's not by chance. We guide you and you mm-hmm. you up you apply it. And often we just go through our days kind of trying to get through them without a whole lot of thought, a whole lot of thought about how others might be seeing us, how I might be influencing others or not influencing others. Because you are, no matter what you're doing, you're doing something. Now we have given you a level of awareness that you might not have been aware of before or necessarily conscious of. So now we make you conscious of it and we make you self-reflect and we make you evaluate whether, you know, how would you do that differently next time or what was great about what you did that you want to make sure that you keep on doing. Yeah. Are you surprised by the reactions of uh, people when they learn to do something a little differently? Oh, gosh. It just makes me so excited when that happens. When you see somebody that has this aha moment and they go, oh, my God, like, how did I not know that? Or, wow, now I feel a lot more freer. Or now I've got this problem. I've had this challenge with this person. I never knew what to do about it. And now I have a tool that I can actually take and go, oh, this is going to help us work together to get over whatever that challenge is. And I'm amazed also at how honest and somehow vulnerable people get in the program. Like they start to go, okay, I can't sort of 
put the blinders on and pretend anymore that this is perfect. They're very honest, like, oh man, I really screwed up here. And, but then when I did this exercise, I learned how I can fix it. It's eye opening, it's motivating for me. It inspires me to actually try to figure out how to even make the program better. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Just that story alone. Isn't that a trait of a high performance person being able to say, I didn't know this, I'm going to make a change. And now this situation in the corporate environment is going to be even better. That's really high performance using applied leadership. Am I right? Like, yeah. Okay. You got to remember that we've got it recorded that question because (laughs) (laughs) that's going to go into our marketing material because that is exactly right. That's exactly right. Okay, so when people take the course, because I know what happened to me, I'm going to let you answer the question. Do people change or do they grow or is it a little bit of both? Yeah, I'm going to say when people grow, so like if they have a growth mindset and they change, say, an approach or a way of doing things, they're growing. and But that growth is the change. If you're growing, you are changing and changing for the better. I want to ask you a timely question as well. Of course, the Olympics were canceled because of the pandemic. Uh, That changed everything with the athletes getting ready. It changed everything with the coaching. But of course, it also affected the, uh, the corporate world. So when you take a look at an applied leadership program, like the one that you and Mark are offering, and when you think it's for high performance, and it's called the Corporate Champions Program, if you take a look at what happened to coaches and athletes when the Olympics were canceled, How would you apply that to an applied leadership program for people who are in the corporate world? What was so interesting, because I still do a little bit of work with sport, and I, and for many years, worked with many sports as well through the Own the Podium program. So as soon as this whole COVID thing hit and everything was shut down, so like athletes and coaches couldn't even see each other anymore in person. Mm-hmm. And then they canceled the Olympics. It was so interesting to watch what happened. And what happened, it's not like everybody just stopped doing things, right? But what happened was the athletes and the coaches were forced to figure out what they were going to do now. So like, for example, if you were a swimmer, you couldn't go swimming, but you had to do something to keep staying in shape. And what happened was they started doing like, land zoom workouts and working out on their own and that kind of thing and so all these athletes that were say they'd already qualified for the olympics they were in their final six month lead up into the games and that's where people start to make mistakes quite often they start to overtrain. they start to panic coaches start to overcoach because they start to worry about what they might have missed Injuries start to happen, overuse injuries happen, but they ignore them. They don't take the time to get rid of them because they don't have time before the games, all that. So this happened and a whole bunch of athletes, number one, their injuries went away. Number two, they went back to the basics and they started to work on their technique and their fundamentals and that started to get better. I can use, say, diving as a specific example. The injuries went away. They got to work on fundamental basic technique. So then now they're able to build on that and actually increase their degree of difficulty for going forward into the next Olympics. Anyway, the whole thing is 
They didn't stop doing what they were doing. They didn't stop training, but they went back to basics. And every time you go back to basics and fundamentals, you sharpen yourself up a little bit more. You build your base a little bit more. And how that applies into the corporate world is a lot of people, like they didn't know what to do. How do you lead anymore? Is this the end of my career or whatever? And I think a lot of companies are taking out things like their training programs. And this is exactly the time when an organization wants to be training up their high performance people. So the people that they want to keep, the talented people, the ones that they want to retain, and they want to start training them now, get their fundamentals where they need to be, so that when the next pandemic happens, like we know how to change on a dime, we're not too rigid, we've learned new skills about how to work remotely, how to communicate better, all of that. Now's the time to train your people, not to say, okay, we're going to put our head down and we're not going to develop our people anymore. Yeah. And with all the skills and the playbook and the understanding of the uh, 24 different traits, what I discovered in my own personal life is I wasn't going to sit around and watch Netflix because we all know this is going to be over eventually. What the course gave me was when this is over, I want to be ahead of the game. I don't want to be playing catch up. And, and with just some of the traits, and again, we'll talk uh, in real detail with Mark Tewksbury about this in another one of our podcasts, it really, I think it really gave people the tools to get ahead of the game and not to panic. Again, which again is high performance, but it's also the result of applied leadership training. Exactly. And it's like I say, don't leave your leadership to chance. Practice it purposefully, and that's how you're going to become excellent. Don't leave it to chance. Wow. That could be the best sentence of this entire podcast. <laughs> hey, Debbie, this has been so much fun. And, you know, I think people have learned a lot. You know, one thing that we love to do at the end of a podcast, uh, because the course is all about the 24 great traits, what is your favorite trait? Tell me why. Maybe even give me an example. Of the 24, what's your favorite? What's the one that really wags your tail? <laughs> Well, I got to say, I have a favorite trait probably every week, a different favorite trait, because they're all so great. And it depends on your circumstances and where you're at. So, but right now, my favorite trait is it's a legacy trait and it's make possible. So, make possible is all about look at our current circumstance, what we're in. Okay, how are we going to make our program work coming? into and then out of a pandemic. So it's like when you've learned all our traits, you know that there is a way to make it possible. You might try a zillion billion things. It's not quite working. It's not quite working. But you know that somewhere you're going to unlock that door and you're going to make it possible for yourself and for others. And so especially in the times that we're in right now, like how do we make it possible for what we're doing and how can we help others make possible for what they want and what they need and where the world is at today? So that's my favorite trait. That's just one of 24. And the next time we talk to you, I'm sure it's going to be a different one as well. <laughs> well, Debbie, this has been really great. 
congratulations on your success, uh, continued success. If you'd like to get some more information about the High Performance Corporate Champions Program, simply go to thegreattraits.com. All the information is there, or pick up the book. It's fantastic, uh, The Great Traits of Champions. There's so much there. Uh, in one of our future podcasts, we'll be talking to Debbie's partner, Canadian gold medalist Mark Tewksbury, and, and we're going to put some meat on the bone, and we're really going to talk about the nuts and bolts of what goes on. I just wanted to talk some philosophy with you today, and this has been fantastic. Thanks so much, Debbie. It's been great. I just love chatting with you, Eugene. And just so <laughs> everybody knows, you were a star student. Yay! A star student. Yay. No dunce cap for this guy. <laughs> so, once again, I encourage you to get some more information. Go to thegreattraits.com. For Debbie Moore, I'm Gene Velitis. We'll talk to you next time. This has been The Great Traits. Go to thegreattraits.com for more. What's your great trait?